Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Guys, how are we all doing this week given the uh the devastating news obviously that we got last week? Mm. Um we we lost our friend and writer Philip Reed. Uh, you'll no doubt have, have heard by now if you watch our stuff and have been uh, paying attention to our social media feeds, but unfortunately he passed away uh, last week. It's been an incredibly tough week for the team. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we're thrilled to have you back, Peter. Because, Thank you. Because you've been on your honeymoon, which is really exciting. Yeah. No, I had a really good time um, getting married and being on my honeymoon. Um, and so that was all very nice. And then, obviously, we've come back and we've now we've now got news to deal with and so on and so mm. forth. So there's a bit of a bit of a mixture of things have happened, clearly. But, um, you know, at least the best thing to do in situations like this is try and celebrate someone's memory mm. rather yes. than worry too much about uh you know the the the, the sad aspect of it mm. um so mm-hmm. yeah we are in fact if you'll allow me to jump ahead just while we're on the topic you go ahead yeah. we're sponsored each and every week on this podcast and this week uh we're sponsored by our charity drive triple ju.mp that's triple joe.mup forward slash charity you can go and donate to our fundraiser for the Trevor Project, which is uh, an LGBTQ plus charity that uh, Philip was very keen on. Uh, it was close to his heart. So we thought, what better way to, as I say, celebrate his memory uh, than to raise some money for that charity. So you can go and donate now. Absolutely. We've been raising money all of this week. And uh, obviously, we're recording on Thursday before we've even done our joint stream. Oh, the screen went black for a second there on the video recording. Hopefully that's fine. Um, But it's been going really well so far, hasn't it, Ashton? Yeah, we've we've smashed our goals like... Well, we've we've had some really nice people reach out and retweet our um, post. Nintendo Life that Philip used to work for, they retweeted and and did a really nice... um, article about him yeah. um tiltify retweeted the tweet so we had some really big donations oh, I and we weren't hours. even streaming yeah. um and we managed to smash like all of our goals and so far we've got like two thousand seven hundred dollars that we've mm-hmm. raised which is an amazing amount that's so, a time of recording yes yeah. and we've still got two streams left and you can still donate right now so there's still time to donate if this is the first time you're hearing about it and fancy helping us out um in honoring philip's memory and donating to a charity that he really 
really loved. Absolutely. So. And and you will continue to have time to donate. We're not closing down the charity page. So at any point when you're listening to this or watching this, you can go to tripleju.mp forward slash charity. Uh, give what you can if you're able to in in memory of, of a fantastic man mm-hmm. uh, who, who we dearly miss. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, of course, also available on Patreon. If you want to support us there, we would prefer this week that you go and support the charity that we've decided to support, but you will uh, get access to asking questions. Oh, oh we've frozen. That's fun. I look okay. really pleased. <laughs> it's a good thing you it's a good thing you noticed. Hang on. The, if you're listening, the video has frozen. If yeah, if you just press the I symbol, that's it. And then are we no? Okay, if you click on it and then deactivate and then reactivate it. That seems to have done it. We're back. Oh, it's so good. Technology is great. Um, I watched it happen. I glanced over. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you noticed because I was I was looking at them, so I wouldn't have seen. Uh, but yes, we would prefer, obviously, you go to tripleju.mp forward slash charity this week as a priority. But if you do want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, you get access to uh, asking questions on this podcast, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, as well as loads of other rewards as well. Uh, but please do go and donate as a priority if you have uh, the disposable income to do that to a fantastic cause that, as Peter said, was very close to Philip's heart. Um, And bear in mind that if you need any assistance or help at all, or if this affects you in any way, uh, there will be some helplines in the comments below if you're watching the video. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you are struggling, talk to friends, talk to family, uh, reach out to relevant charities. They are there to help you and they will support you if you're struggling with anything. And uh, never forget that. And on the other side, we should all be checking in with our friends as and when we can. Absolutely. Because, uh, some people really have this veneer of positivity and uh, things are going on under the surface. So you should check in on people if you can do Absolutely. Mm. Check on your boys and your girls and your others. Make sure they're doing okay. Um, I think it's time for <coughs> question one. Yes. It's from Cameron Keywood, who, excuse me, by the way, being a bit stuffy. I feel fine, but I still sound bad. <laughs> uh, it's from Cameron Keywood, who says, Hello, Bap. I just want to pass on my condolences for your loss and if you feel able to uh, discuss your positive memories of Philip and some of his list features and your general interactions with him thank you Cameron uh, I would like to say quickly that this this is obviously a very hard and difficult time for all of mm. us um, but Philip and this I suppose is part of an answer to, to the question Philip loved writing for, for Triple yeah. Jump and Absolutely he, he loved what he uh, did with us and what we and were doing. he was doing. so good at it. He was so phenomenal good. at it yeah. and while the start of this podcast, this whole podcast really is in, in memory of him, that we will sort of get on more to sort of the video game side of things. So if you feel like this episode is perhaps going to be a bit of a heavy listen and, you, and you're feeling inclined to skip it, obviously do that, but do be aware that we are going to get back to the kind of stuff that Philip would have wanted us to focus on, yes. mm. which is which is the games shortly. But uh, I'm sure you understand that uh, we, we want to honor him and uh, remember him, at least to start with. Um, so I was the person that Philip reported to, mm-hmm. um, his line manager. So I spoke to Philip a lot. Uh, in regard to particularly the ranked scripts that he wrote, because that's where you'll probably know Philip from the most, is his amazing ranked scripts that he wrote. And he was just so good at the research. Like, he would come up with stuff that... It was such an education, not only for people watching yeah. at home, but mm. for us as well. The, the stuff that he would be able to dig up was was unbelievable. And in fact, when he made an appearance on this podcast, uh, I think in 2020... Um, 
we we were talking about it and and we agreed that that perhaps the most important thing about those ranked lists isn't because obviously it has the hook of being a ranked list like what's going to be the worst game what's going to yeah. be the best game yeah but the most important thing to us was the fact that there was for in most cases the first time ever and a definitive cataloging of every single of a game in a franchise yeah. or a character or that kind of stuff a real educational tool regardless of where the placements were those were not really that important mm. it was more hey did you know that there was some kind of sonic popcorn machine that had a video game in it i bloody didn't mm -hmm. um really fascinating stuff so not only in that aspect was he amazing but he was able to deliver that information in such an entertaining and funny way um i'm sure most of you watching slash listening have have caught at least one of our ranked lists and you'll be very familiar with his writing style um I had to do like no changes yeah. whenever I was checking mm -hmm. his script. They always came through almost perfectly. Uh, the only slight change that I would tell him about that I would always make is because he was uh, American, um, he would use occasional American phrases. And I'd be like, that sounds weird coming out of Peter and <laughs> my, my mouth. So I'd, I'd switch those up a bit, but he was phenomenal. And of course, he looked after the freelance writers as well. And they're all deeply affected by this news too because he was there to coach them through and develop their writing abilities and they're all incredibly thankful for the impact that they had on mm. all of their careers because he was so patient and kind and he could give advice from from a real position of experience and authority yeah um so yeah he was he was amazing not just at the and that's just talking about his job as well mm. uh, but he was also just a lovely man just such a lovely man don't know if you guys have any particular interactions you wanted to share at I all. just, um, when I first started, obviously I went from being just a little regular person, suddenly 200,000 people were like, who's this chick? Mm. And it was quite a weird kind of transition. And every time that I'd even express even the slightest bit of sadness or like uncomfortableness on Twitter or anywhere, Philip was like straight in my DMs, just writing the most eloquent way of being like, you're nice, you're great, I like you, everyone likes you. Just like in such a nice way. And regardless of like what it was, even if it was like the smallest thing, he'd still appear and be like, just so you know, I everyone really likes you and everyone I spoke to really likes you. And I'm like, Philip, please, I, I can't <laughs> take this. My head clearly gets so big. Um, even when I said I couldn't read Roman numerals, he was yeah. so nice. <laughs> yeah. He reached out and I was like, honestly, it's just because I'm an idiot. And he was like, no, no, I will make sure this never he happens He messaged again. me immediately afterwards and we agreed that from then on, every script would have a little comment bubble to the side <laughs> that said what the Roman numerals oh, were. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is in effect now. Yeah. So. It, like he just was just the kindest man and like would give anything to make sure that no one else was ever feeling even the slightest bit sad. And he'd be in the Discord and like catching up with people occasionally and talking to people about his rank list. And he just was just a really nice guy. And everyone who's, when people found out, everyone who'd ever interacted with him was just like, he just was the nicest man mm. and he just deserved a lot. And it's such a shame because like I say, he just, he would never let anyone else feel bad or even slightly de dejected so it's just a big shame that we've lost like a guy that was such a light yeah yeah that's exactly what i was going to say about him as well that's like my main when i think of like philip and the way he was it's that he would be clearly at home watching 
a, a VOD or like listening to the podcast or something. And then he would like message me directly about something that had just happened in whatever he was watching. Like at one point, uh, I don't know if it was a VOD or a, or a, a podcast, but I just said something about like, um, it was just, it was not, it, this was actually one of my last conversations with Philip. It wasn't the last conversation, but uh, it was in the lead up to my wedding. And I'd said on some bit of content that like, yeah, I don't want to like, you know, I kind of want to like have a bit of separation between, you know, I, I don't want to like put my whole wedding out on social media or whatever. And then I think I must have just sort of said something in effect to the effect of like, oh, not that I want to, I don't want to like be rude about it or whatever. I kind of just sort of doubted myself over something. Mm. And immediately Philip's like watching this at home and he he took to DMs and he was like, by the way, I just want you to know, I think it came across exactly as you meant it to come across. Oh. And like, you shouldn't feel yeah. that like you were being rude about the the listeners or whatever and it, it's things like that like i remember other occasions as well where you would say something on on video and then you would get a message or you'd say on social media mm. and you would get a message from philip and you know he that's that's why in particular i i feel like he is a, a very good example of uh of of doing what everyone should be doing which is like reaching out to people you care about and checking in on them and yeah. making sure they're okay he mm -hmm. was like so good at that um and i'm really pleased as well that we've uh i don't know if it was it was probably before you were here ashton but ben and i have copies of his resident evil book that he signed yes i was um, about to talk about his book yeah, yeah. no you go ahead well i was just going to say i'm i'm just glad to have something that not only did he write a very good book and that's great for him yeah but uh to have a, a book that he's written a message inside and so that's something that we've got now to keep forever mm. which yeah. is great absolutely uh boss fight books if you're interested in reading philip's uh resident evil one book uh it was i think i'm safe in saying his favorite game yeah uh, he loved resident evil and uh so much so that he wrote a book <clears throat> about it and he did that while he was writing for us he sort of managed to juggle the two things that book is available now it's really insightful and really interesting uh he tries to track down like all of the uh actors who appear in the strange FMV cutscene at the start of the Resident oh, yeah. Evil on PS1. Like mm. he, he tries to find them because most of them were just people who were in Japan at the time. They're not actors. And through various means, he's tried to track them down and talk to them about their experiences and stuff. Uh, really interesting book. I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend people buy it and, and give it a read. Um, obviously, Boss Fight Books uh reached out to to me actually um shortly after learning about his passing just to offer condolences to that's another community that he touched uh, yeah. uh the resident evil community i think as well he he was quite involved in some quite prolific streamers and some podcasts and stuff expressing their um their condolences he and also uh, was with um he did a uh, like a presentation on uh is it li retro or le retro oh yeah that, yeah we did uh we did the uh, worst games ever episode did they we, live they tweeted about him as well and uh said i think they must have put a link in there because i found myself watching this um like talk he'd done mm. about uh about resident evil one and kind of the way that they'd uh well he was doing actually no, it was a side by side of sorry it was resi 2 uh and the remake and the bit that I was watching was where he was comparing the introduction of the liquor and mm. like how they changed it in the other one. And it was talking about like the, the crafting of like the scares and the horror and stuff like that. It was really interesting, actually. Yeah, he yeah. he 
really knew his stuff. And that's probably mm. why you can tell we did so many Resident Evil ranked lists uh, <laughs> yeah. just because it was so in his wheelhouse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he was very passionate about that game. At the time of recording, it's Thursday morning and we're doing the joint stream this afternoon and we're going to be doing a one-off where we play through uh, the the game the re-release the PS4 re-release of the GameCube remake of Resident Evil One. Yes, yes. Uh, so if that Quite. makes sense to people. So yeah, we won't be continuing that playthrough. But this week we thought it was it was the best best choice to play that. Um, but he's an he's an amazing man, mm. and uh, you know we'll we'll really miss him. Um, yeah, we ask that uh, again if you're able to donate, please do so. And it feels weird to condense almost clinical to condense uh, giving our thoughts about a human being that was so important to us mm. to question one of this podcast and then moving on to something else. But just know that he was so important to us and all week long we've been we've been trying to express quite... It's hard to express quite what yeah. a person means to you in that way. So uh, if you can donate, please do. And uh, go check out the VODs as well where we were raising money all of this week and um, look after yourselves, I suppose, yeah. more, more than anything else. But for now, as Philip would have wanted, we will move on to talking about video games and in particular, what we play in. It's what we play in time, time to talk about what video games we have been playing. Uh, Peter, yep. you've famously had a lot of free time recently. I have. How many video games have you played? Uh, so I've not been on a podcast for two weeks. And in that time, I've played zero video games. <laughs> uh, I will have, by the time this goes out, I will have started Stray, which I'm very much looking forward yeah. to. Uh, but since coming back from Honeymoon, which was on Sunday, time of record, well, yeah, Sunday just gone, uh, I've basically spent the ne next few nights just sort of, like, you know, sorting our lives out. And we left the house in such a mess as well <laughs> because we were, uh, we were getting ready to, go down to West Yorkshire to get married and we had a load of the stuff in the house and we were packing it all in the car and then we were just thinking like I bet we've forgotten something really important and Amy kept saying am I gonna she was like please don't let me forget my dress don't let me forget I was like you're not gonna forget your dress and she's like I will I will forget my dress if you don't stop me uh so we we're worrying so much about everything that we kind of just tore the house apart to make sure there was mm. nothing hiding mm. in a cupboard or something. And then we were like, oh, we've really got to go. It's like 10 p.m. It's like a two and a half hour drive. Don't want to turn up at my parents' house at like midnight. So uh, we left the house like a bomb tip. Uh, a, a bomb tip. <laughs> oh, that's like a combination. It's when wow. they dropped a it's bomb so bad. on a tip. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so since then, been kind of just tidying the house and like, just sorting things out, writing thank you cards and stuff. So I've, I've not really had any time at all, even though I've been back now for a few days uh, to play games, but I am really looking forward to Stray. Mm. Tempted to use that Spyro mod that about six people tweeted to me. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, no, yeah. I haven't. You but can just replace PC, the cat with Spyro. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I don't good. think I would want to do that for my first run anyway. If I ever streamed Stray, then maybe I would do a, a Spyro one. But mm -hmm. um no, so I probably will have played that by the time the podcast goes out. Um, but yeah, for now, nothing, I'm afraid. Oh. I'm trying to think if I played any like, you know, any games while I was away, like like Wii games or whatever with family. But no, I don't think I did anything like that. Just didn't have the time. Just focusing on being married. Being married. Being married. Yeah. yeah. Boring. Boring. 
Um, there were lawn games at the wedding, but it was a bit damp. Wasn't were there, it? Was were there, there lawn games? But it didn't help that they, you know, when you know the the grass bit outside where Mikey went out and injured himself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently they were put out there. I think when everyone arrived, they were supposed to be there on arrival so people could play them while you were waiting for right. the happy couple. You're talking your croquets, your mm. balls. That yeah, kind of yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. We didn't have croquet because you can't put spikes in the ground at that venue. But oh. uh, balls was there. Okay. Uh, big Jenga. Big Jenga's a big good Jenga. one. Yeah. Uh, and something else as well. Chunga. Ring toss. <laughs> big Chungus, yes. Uh so, but they were supposed to be there, but because it was like a bit drizzly on arrival, mm. they had them indoors. And then pretty much as people were coming indoors, when the rain stopped, they then moved them outside. And then I only saw them, not even at the end of the day. I didn't see them until the next day when we came to take the, the place down. They were still just sitting in a basket on the grass outside. Um, oh, so damn, yeah, a bit annoying, really. But uh, me and Mikey oh. made our own lawn games by fighting on the front lawn of your wedding venue. Actually, yeah, that's where it was. It was the front lawn. Oh, it was wasn't it? the yeah, but not till. And then we walked later inside, on. and someone who I'd met that night was like, "What are you guys doing out there?" And I was like, "Fighting." And she was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." It's just context. <laughs> no context. Don't worry about it. Just fighting. Yeah, just fighting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. Well, so that's those are the games I've been playing. None. Excellent. None. Ashton, what have you been playing? I can't remember if I'd finished Stray when we did the last podcast. I can't remember either. No, I can't remember. But I have finished Stray and I did a little cry mm. when I finished it. I remember you saying that, so you must have I must said have it. said it. I yeah. must have finished it last week. Okay. Um, but apart from that, I've played a lot of Power Washing Simulator. Right. Still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brain off, head empty, just play Power Wash Sim. That's all I've done. Um, and I didn't play much over the weekend. Because my boyfriend came up because <laughs> I had a big cry and he was like, I'm coming. I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, and then so we've played a little bit of Escape Academy on Xbox Game Pass, which is like a split screen escape room game that you can play local or online. And it's really good. I've really enjoyed it. We've played like maybe an hour to two hours of it. At one point, I did need a notepad and then I hadn't been writing things down. And Ben was like, what's the what's the code? And I was like, I don't know. I wasn't writing things down. I didn't write anything down. So um, we have been playing that. So that's really good. If you're looking for a two-player game, I highly recommend Escape fun. Academy on Xbox Game Pass. Nice. Um, and then I've played quite a lot of Two Point Campus this week. Uh, we got yeah. uh, early access to it on Monday. Um, and I've pretty much just played that this week. And it's been really good. I really like it. Excellent. There's like, um, I thought there was only going to be four levels because it only showed me four levels at the beginning. But I think there might be more than, than four like levels with actual kind of goals. Because I think once I finish all of those, I probably won't continue playing it because I just can't really get into sandbox games because I just feel, I just don't have the, the like brain space to build my own university from scratch and not have any goals so mm. um but i really like it i think it's really good i think if you've enjoyed two-point hospital you really enjoy two-point campus i have encountered a bunch of bugs as i've got further into the game at one point it i got this like <coughs> pop-up that was like item can be upgraded to up level upgrade by paying amount of money and i was like <laughs> It doesn't feel quite correct. In like square brackets. <laughs> yeah. Or <whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> there should be good. There should be information here. Value. But there's not. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've encountered a couple of bugs with Two Point Campus, um, but nothing too game breaking. But that's what I've been playing this week. A lot of a uh, life simulation and 
I don't know why I'm so into power washing simulator. Just I don't know why. It's just easy. And it, it is. keeps you busy, right? It is, yeah. Satisfying. Satisfying. Just like power washing like a helicopter. Yeah. Just mm. Sitting there. That's why I mean, you say you don't have silence. the brain power for uh, to build a university. It's because you've spent it all just power, power washing. Got to keep that chopper yeah. clean. Exactly. If you exactly. power wash the blades at a certain angle, do they spin really fast? And does it take off? No, that would be, that would be good. It, that doesn't happen. Can you aim the power washer downwards and jetpack away? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried, but I highly doubt it. Get back to us on that. Yeah, we'll do a check. I'll check tomorrow. What have you been playing? I've played a few things. Um, I've been playing some Dark Souls 2 outside of my streams just because I am so horribly out of practice with Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls in general. But Dark Souls 2 is like, as I've spoken about before, like the weird stepchild of the other Dark Souls mm. games where like a lot of the mechanics are just sort of, why? Why have you done it this way? Why, when I use an Estus flask, do I have to come to a complete stop and then the health slowly refills instead of you slow to a walk, but the health refills almost instantly, practically rendering it useless when you're in a combat situation because when you have to completely stop to heal yourself slowly, things hit you and kill you anyway. Or you heal yourself, you successfully drink, and as it slowly starts to fill again, something manages to hit you before you're allowed to move again, which kills you anyway. Not a fan of that. Um, iframes aren't that great when you're rolling either. Sometimes you'll just take damage when something swings at you when you roll through it, which is fine, but your character doesn't react. Like, it, your character won't stagger or anything, but you'll see your health bar go down. You'll be like, what the, what? Right. <laughs> what? Come on. Uh, so, you know, it's a bit cool. It's it's cool. Um, I should clarify that I loved Dark Souls 2 when it came out. And I did end up getting the Platinum Trophy in it. So I was quite accomplished at it once upon a time. You've been spoiled. I've been spoiled by significantly better FromSoft mm. Soulsborne games ever since, I think. Um, and so I needed to get some extra practice in. And I also definitely needed to grind some uh, levels out because, well, the first stream was a bit of, bit of a rough one. Did a lot of dying. Um, uh, but I'm proud to say that this week's stream went a lot better and we killed some bosses. And that was because I was able to do some practice, I think, in my spare time. Uh, I also uh, finally installed like the Xbox app on my phone, which is like a big step for me mm. as a lifelong PlayStation yeah. guy. Um, uh, this was like a couple of weeks ago I installed the app. But I was looking through... to So to add friends on Xbox... I don't know how you do it. I know how you do it. But it doesn't send a request. You just add them and they're just there. And right. that doesn't seem right. But I was going through James Jenkins' friends list. and like, do I know that? Yeah, I do know that person. There's uh, MB. I'll add him. There's uh, Kieran. There's uh, Andrew from Cultaholic. Um, and uh, there's Kat. And I was just sort of adding all these names that I kind of recognized. So I was going through and sorting that. And then it popped up and said, why not sign up for Xbox Rewards where you can get points and then you can exchange it for like currency and uh, you know, a month of Game Pass and stuff. And it's like, sure, why the hell not? I'm never in a million years going to get enough points to ever redeem it, but I'll give it a try. And it was five points. Play uh, play Jeweled. Why not launch Jeweled, which is just like a gem matching game. Right. Mm. It's um, just Bejeweled, but without jeweled. the verb. Just yeah, X-Jeweled. Um, so I started it up and boy, do I see why people sometimes die on the toilet when they just open up these apps on their phones and they just stay there forever. Do you see why I like Project Makeover so much? <laughs> no. It's the um, same unfortunately, thing. Unfortunately, I am ideologically unable to agree with you on that. But it's front. the same thing. It's just a matching thing. I played so much Candy Crush over the first lockdown. Did you? I like really, really got into it. 
So I managed to tear myself away after like three or four levels, but I was like, cool, I got my five points. So that's something I played. The last thing I played in Ashton, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna have to ask you not to speak, okay? Because okay. otherwise we'll be here for four. I know what I know okay. what you're gonna say already. Um, I finished. I, I platinumed Wonderlands. I did it. Yeah. Um, those chaos chambers. Oh boy, they're not fun. I got to. Uh, I had to get to chaos rank twenty to get the trophy for it. Hey, do you remember when we said last week that we'd do it together, and then you? You didn't. Well, I mean, in fairness, there was quite a, a, a lot big, happened. A lot happened. I saw yeah. yesterday you were like, oh, if Platinum did. And I was like, hey, oh. I am. St I left it installed. I'm ready to help you, okay. and I will explain why. Because I got up to Chaos rank 17 by myself. But there's one particular boss, which is uh, Drill. It's called. It's like D R apostrophe Y L. Okay. It's got three phases, and the second one, it does a little thing where it go. It puts his hand up in the air sometimes, mm. and <laughs> just refills 25% of its shield mm. to the extent that you cannot do enough damage to it on Chaos rank 17, where everything's harder. Before it, basically, I was there for like half an hour, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't returns. even getting to its health. I was, its shield just kept going up. Uh, so I called in the ca uh, calvor cal cavalry, um, the cavalry. I called in the Toby, yeah. And uh, my friend Rashid came to my rescue, and he does listen to this podcast. And he's uh, one of those hey, lunatics Rashid. who Hello, plays Rashid. Borderlands and Wonderlands like just for the end game stuff. So he had this absurd character. <laughs> And he backed me up and said, this is this is where I nearly gave up. <clears throat> and uh, also this boss is clearly, this is where it really shows that these chaos chambers are, de are designed for a team of people rather than one mm. person. Right. So with his help, I was able to just blast through the remaining chaos levels I needed uh, to get to the, the platinum trophy mercifully. But I will be on hand to help you because it, it it is not doable solo, really. Did you do any DLCs yet? No, I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not interested That's in those. That's cool. That's fine. Because they're bad end game things and not story things. But we talked about that last week, didn't we? we? Did, yeah. For a while. So I'll be quiet now. We'll stop. No, I'm gonna You're... be I'm gonna be quiet too, because I don't I have to stop talking about this game. Your Dark Souls 2 chatter has reminded me. I know we don't normally talk about on what we're playing, the games that we've been streaming. I know mm. you were talking about out of hours practice, but yes. your streaming game reminds me that I the one thing I have played was a bit of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban on stream. Okay. And flip me, I don't like that game. And I've, <laughs> I've now given up. I'm not going to play it anymore. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I've done like... That was maybe the third part, I think, mm. and I'm done with it because it's rubbish. <laughs> uh, and people told me for a long time before I played that because I played the first two games on PS1 because I really liked those ones. Mm. And people were saying you should you should play Prisoner of Azkaban. It's it's pretty good. It's quite good. Uh, and I was like, okay, you know what? It's one of my favorite films slash books of the mm. series, so I'll give it a go. So bad. Uh, I've seen a playthrough of the PC version on YouTube, and that mm. looks way better. And now I wish that I'd played it on PC, but I don't know how I would even get that running. But uh, PS2 version of Prisoner of Azkaban is not good. Uh, plays like ass, and it carried <laughs> on. It, it, it kept glitching as well, which could have been because of the emulator, but mm. they weren't like visual glitches. They were just like things weren't spawning and stuff. And then I would like reload the save and they would spawn. So right. I think that seems more like a programming error rather than the emulator. The emulator. Mm. Interesting. There's so much nostalgia for those Harry Potter games, but I remember. I had the first, I think everyone had the first one. Ashton, you were a big PS1 fan, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. massive PS1 fan. Um, you, yeah, were, you were alive uh, for it. that. Um, <laughs> and I played that one. I never played the sequel. But then I, I think about around the time the third one and fourth one were coming out, I was sort of aware of like game reviews and stuff. And they were just like, 
not reviewed well at no. all for like consistently for the rep. But there's there are people who play them on YouTube and they get crazy views because people clearly like are very fond of these games. But they aspect. would I don't think they were ever very good. I think I've watched my boyfriend play through the Harry one of the Harry Potter games, one where Hagrid looks like a troll. Yeah, yeah. the first is that the two. the first good PS1 Hagrid? Yeah, yeah. the PS1 <laughs> The one versions. where it's like press X to do something at the end and it's just like Voldemort just moaning like constantly. Oh, oh yeah. God, what? And right at the, the very last thing you do, it goes into first person. So you're like looking at Quirrell who's mm. reaching across to you and you have to just like mash triangle to like touch his face. Oh. And he's just going, oh, 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 <laughs> no. oh, no, I hate that. Yeah. I don't think I ever finished the first game. I have very specific memories of having a save file at the chess bit. So I think I got oh, yeah. right to the end and the then I never, pretty hard. then I, I don't think I ever finished it. And that save file's definitely lost now. Uh, before we move on to the next question, Peter, I have a little quiz for you because uh, I did this last week. It's right, really fun. But I wanted to see how you fared. So a quiz. the book I was I'm reading currently, Console Wars, about yeah. Sega and Nintendo in the nineties. Yes. There's a bit in here, because most of it's told from Sega's perspective. Uh, there's a bit in here where Sega were looking to hire a new PR firm. This PR firm uh, sent out to them sort of like a Bible of, as they call it, vid speak, which is how all gamers are going to talk and they're going to make it happen with their amazing marketing campaign. So is this early 90s? Mm -hmm. Yes, this is like uh, 93, right. 94 maybe. Okay. Uh, so it is uh, very, it's pre-PlayStation, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got some, I've got various vid speak here. Yeah. Um, and I want you to see if you can tell me what it means. Ready? Right, yeah. Gear Lutz. Gear Lutz. Is yes, that L-E-T-S. Gear Lutz. All one word. Yes. Uh, little bits of like inventory items and stuff. Your Gear Lutz. Uh, it's the Vidspeak word for gamers. Also known as Game Lutz, Gamies, Hoosies, Vidiots. Vidiots? Yeah. That's, that's like the reaction as well. Speak Lutz. Vidiots. Clue Lutz or... Bossaroos. Whoa. But Gearlitz takes to gets top billing. Gearlitz Is that because gets of the Sega Game Gear? Possibly. Right. But there's one about the Sega Game Gear later on, so I don't really know what that's about. Uh, hedgy Wedgie. Uh, hedgy wedgy is what you get when you've been sitting playing games for three hours. Uh, unfortunately, it's anything pertaining to Sonic the Hedgehog or to any fan of said Sonic the Hedgehog. What the hell? Also, that cute little way Sonic has of stamping his foot when he can't believe you're so slow and stupid. And then it says in brackets, see slow geezer trying to play the game. Only slow geezers trying slow to play geezer. the game ever get to see that stamping animation. Uh, what is a whammy jammy, please? Um, a whammy jammy is uh, when you... Uh, oh, a whammy jammy? <laughs> um, is that when you... It's like a team kill. Uh, no, it's the way you feel when playing a good game. Oh, it sure is. I was so whammy jammy. Sounds uh, like a biscuit. It does. Yeah, it? It does. <laughs> no, that's a jammy whammy. I'm yeah. Uh, gobbledygook. Um, just, I take it it's not just the dictionary definition. No, no, no. And I guarantee a you're going to overthink all of these because none of them make sense. Okay. Um, it's um, the slime in Sonic. Goop. It's running wild, running fast, running all over the place without time to say hasta la vista, baby. See Sonic the Hedgehog or Hedgy Wedgy. What does that even mean, though? What What is you? How Nothing. How it can doesn't... Sega use that in a sentence? Uh, 
No. No. <laughs> no. What's your word? Scroogeal. Scroogeal. It's a real scroogeal. It's a real scroogeal. It's running fast. Running wild. Running all over the place without time to say hasta la vista, baby. Wow. Uh, mobile mover with wings. Uh... An, an enemy in Sonic. I feel like a lot of these are going to be Sonic terms. <laughs> it, of course, is what gamers will call the Game Gear. Also referred to as the Utter-Go Cup, a Mindorama, a home away from home, and a great thing to wrap your nozzles around. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting about the also known as section. It just gets better. <laughs> there were, better. There's, there's, there are like so four work. words for the, all of these things. Yeah. Well, these are nozzles, remember? Cross your nozzles, right. everyone. Cross your nozzles. A nozzle um, is a nose, surely. That's mm. what I would assume. Yeah, me too. Um, two left. Master Blaster. Uh, that is um, uh, what people are going to call the next console from Sega. It's what you do when you start playing the Sega Menacer Master module, which I think is maybe a light gun. I don't really know. Right. Or how to be a real sure shot, full tilt, accusite kind of guy. It's so 90s, isn't Good it? Good chow. Finally, I was Brahms. B-R-A-H-M-S. I was Brahms. B-R-A-H-M-S, as in the composer Brahms. Sure. Uh, I was uh, really enjoying the Sonic soundtrack. Not too far off. Mm. I was drunk with power. I was <laughs> mad with passion. I was blitzed with energy. I was actually able to reach the next damn level. Why is it Brahms? I don't know. I don't know. They didn't get the account. Would that may shock you. Right. But they didn't actually end up getting the, the, the Sega account. Just think, like, we all could have been known as Bossaroos. We could have Jeff Keighley could have walked onto stage at Gamescom and been like, what's up, what's up Bossaroos? <laughs> I think we... We will reclaim Bossaroos. We said uh, it a lot last week. We just kept yeah. saying we're Bossaroos. What's up, Bossaroos? Um, Someone in the comments got really annoyed. They you were guys like, feeling gobbledygook? <laughs> I was Brahms, personally. Yeah. So Brahms. Um, Such a hedgy wedgy right now. So whammy jammy. <laughs> Someone got really cross at Bossaroos. They were like, stop. They were like, Bossaroos wasn't funny. And I'm like, uh, yes, it um, is. It literally is funny. You might need to check if you got COVID, mate. <laughs> yeah. Got no taste. Yeah, got no taste. That's it. I saw that yesterday. Um, cool. Should we move on to question two? Let's yeah, do it. we probably should. This comes from Callum's story. Hey, BAP. Microsoft have been trialing a family slash shared Game Pass subscription in Colombia and Ireland this week. Do you think this is likely to catch on and be made a permanent feature? Would you like to see Sony, Ninten Sony and Nintendo implement something similar? Thanks, Callum. Callum, got news for you. <laughs> Nintendo already have one. <gasps> do they? They've got a family plan. You can add up to something like eight accounts onto your Nintendo mm. thing account, your Nintendo thing account. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But you have to be family, uh, living in one house, <laughs> I think. Uh, that's what the internet tells me anyway. I'm not a Switch player, but I did a quick Google, and seemingly Nintendo already have a family plan. This is interesting that they're doing this. I think it's a good thing to do, probably. Um, a lot of streaming services, whether it's gaming or otherwise, have this. You know, Netflix do it and uh, Disney Plus, I think, have a family mm -hmm. service. Yeah. Um, it makes sense because if you've got, you know, if you're a parent and you've got maybe three children or something and they all want to be playing Microsoft games or, you know, Game Pass... It's difficult, isn't it, to then be having to fork out three times and maybe one for yourself as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great thing to do. I do wonder, like, to what extent people are going to be able to take advantage of this and, like, how does it know... How do, how do any of these services, whether they're video gaming or, or streaming or whatever, how do they know what counts as a family or a household? Like, what's yeah. to stop just 
four mates or just getting a family pass together. Well, I assume it would be like a bit like Netflix is because Netflix, you can use it wherever you are, but you can only have like a certain amount of people watching at the same time. At the same time, yeah. yeah. So like you can have like, I think you can have like up to like six accounts on Netflix, but you may only have like four people allowed to watch at the same time. And you can, uh, certainly you used to be able to, because my, my family's quite big and we ran into this issue. You could pay a little bit more each month to have more to people add an extra right. viewing. But this yeah. was like when Netflix first became a streaming thing. So I don't know, but yeah, this is much happening as right now. But yeah. You could also keep it locked to a system as well. Mm. Right. Only, only accounts on that because people take advantage people will take advantage regardless of what they do they'll I find a way to do it. do it with playstation yeah, well that's exactly it that's what i was going to say and that's say. that's what ashton does that's what yeah. i do i share with a friend you share with mb mm. it uh, so many people do that where they activate their friend's uh, pr- uh console as their primary console for the account and then they their friend can play their games while not signed in as them yeah, um, yeah. and then you have to be signed in to play your games but you're going to be doing that anyway so that makes total sense um but if they if they were to just lock it to a system where it's like there is there can only be one primary account and only uh, only one primary console and when you're playing those nominated accounts have to be playing on this console to have access to yeah. Game Pass that could be a way to do it there there are solutions but people find but then it. it's how do they police it with their other things of streaming and PC content because obviously mm. if you lock it to just a console does that mean that you then can't use the the elements of Xbox Game Pass where you use it on a PC or on your phone? I guess you know, ultimately... Where do we draw the line? Like, what they will do... Because, like you say, people are going to take advantage of any kind of system like this. So As I guess, they should. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I guess, ultimately, what any any company needs to do is work out what is the cost of us doing this, what is the benefit to the consumer and to us, mm. and to what extent are people going to be taking the piss Um and, you know, just just look at all the numbers, basically, and say, like, are we going to lose out on a load of subscriptions by implementing this? Are we not going to lose out on so many? And, you know, people are probably going to have to pay more for a family pass than they would for an ordinary one mm-hmm. and just work out exactly where the, where the line is. And if it makes business sense, then it's a good extra, you know, option to have. But Yeah, it yeah. will be about balancing, won't it, really, yeah. as mm-hmm. much as anything else. Um, will they stand to potentially gain customers who otherwise wouldn't subscribe yeah. because of that scenario that you said about, you know, two or three kids and maybe you can only afford one game pass. So you're all using the same account. You yeah. could potentially see more money from those people, yeah. but you are going to see fewer money. I think that's correct, isn't it? Yes. Fewer money yes. Uh, from people like us who will take the piss. Yes. yes. And I mean, obviously we were saying like, we already take the piss a little bit with the PlayStation one. So as much as I would like them to implement a family sharing aspect to to Sony Playstations and stuff, I don't think they will because, and if they do, I'm not going to pay for it because they already, they already give me the opportunity to do that by enabling console sharing across different accounts on the PlayStation. Um, which is their stupid fault. Yeah. And if they take it back, I'm going to be very upset because I use that stamp all my the foot. time. Yeah. Um, but also I think with things like the PlayStation Plus and whatnot, I don't think it would harm them so much to have a family sharing system. Um, but like you say, it's just how they would logistically figure that one out. And I still don't, I don't really know the ins and outs of the Game Pass one. Like you say, how does it work? Does it, you can just install it on as many devices as you want and just log in or do you have to have like four separate accounts? Is that what it is? Is it just like one account, but like you can only play it one at a time, but you can have four different accounts. So people can have their own saves on things. Mm-hmm. Like what is the logistics of it? Because on Steam, 
if you're using your family sharing library on Steam, you if someone's playing it, you can't then play a different game because they're already playing it. So you can't play one of their games like if they're logged in and playing something else. So right. like there is systems in place on certain things like like Steam do it kind of really well, but actually quite annoyingly. I wish they didn't. I wish they just let me live my life and stop mm. punishing me for wanting to play their games. Um, but yeah, I do think it's a good thing. And I hope that maybe <laughs> Sony will think about it. Because like I say, it's like if you've got multiple kids and you've got a PlayStation account, as much as you can have like well, one person's got it and they can play it over all of their accounts on that console, if a kid wants to like have their own library and has their own games and stuff, then you have to pay for it again. Obviously, until they get old enough, they can pay for themselves. Mm. Bloody scroungers. Parasites. Um, parasites. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that there is a lot of room for it in the gaming market, but it is just going to have to be how, how it's all going to work and whether, like you say, it would be fiscally responsible for them to do so mm. yeah i think it's a great idea as well mm. um on the playstation side they could just legitimize what so many of us have been doing for so long mm. and you know instead of myself paying for playstation plus and my friend playing for uh, paying for playstation plus what if there was some combo thing where we could pay one and a half times and nominate two accounts and then just have access to the same stuff. Mm. Obviously, that wouldn't change the library sharing, which is kind of the whole point in that I buy a game, my friend sends me half the money for it, and he's got access to it as well. Um, but certainly there are, there are things they could do. I wish... It's a shame that we're having to come up with ways that they could make it work for them mm. when things like Netflix and Disney Plus and Spotify are just like, we don't, you know what? I don't care. We it's factored not, it in. It's not worth, plan. it's not even worth putting, like making it harder for our users. Yeah. Why not just yeah. say, here is how much it costs to be a family plan. We don't give a crap if you, I mean, we'd rather you were a family so you're not taking the piss, but we know you're going to take the piss. So just nominate five accounts and have at it. I'm on my friend's Spotify premium family plan. It's great. I don't pay a penny. And I don't hear adverts anymore. It's fantastic. Nice. Um, and PlayStation in particular are never going to go for something like that. Mm. They will find the way to make sure that everyone is paying their fair share. Uh, but I do, I do wish they would just not be so anal about it. You mm. know? Just uh, let us be free. It's time to move on to something a little peculiar, a little bizarre. It is weird news. <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, you can submit weird video game news to us on Facebook and Twitter when the post goes out at the start of the week. You're right, Peter? Popular Put it boy. down and it, it didn't like it. It buzzed. Popular boy over there. Mm. Um, additionally, if you would like to support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump at a certain tier, you will be named a podcast producer and get a shout out right here at the weird news section. And this week, weird news is brought to you by Nathan, G.Y. Goliath, Sean Legg, Corey Duffell, Robin Wardle, Ellie Nicholas, Erica Hutchinson, Melody L. Burnett, Katie Garrett, and Gabrielle Philipping. Thank you, podcast, Thank you, producers. podcast producers. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I think Robin Wardle has arrived since I've been since I've been gone. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. We got and everyone else. Has and everyone else. else. Yeah, sure. You guys, <laughs> yes. Uh, this is from Nintendo Life. It was submitted by. Um, see, I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to close it to see. Oh no, Johnny Mac at Johnny Mac 13 on Twitter on the Twitter post that we put out asking for weird news. Nice. Super Punch Out. Two exclamation marks, because that's how it's stylized. Mm. Hidden two-player mode discovered 28 years later. Sub Subheading, no hacks or mods required. Mm. This is written by Liam Doolan uh, at 3.45 in the morning on Tuesday. My goodness. <laughs> Liam, go he was like, bed. I need to post this Breaking now. news. There's been a historic or an historic mm. discovery made within the 1994 Super Nintendo release Super Punch-Out today. A Twitter account known as Unlisted Cheats has uncovered a hidden two-player mode in the game. To access this option, on the game's start screen, you'll have to hold the Y and R buttons on the second player's controller, then press Start or the A button on the first player's controller. You then select the boxer for player two and have the second player hold down B and Y on their controller until the match begins. There's then an embedded tweet from Unlisted Cheats who just explains that exact thing. Um... What's also exciting about this is that it's all on the cartridge, meaning no special hardware, accessories, or hacks are required to access it. So you should be able to test it out yourself if you have a copy of the original game. Otherwise, you can test it out on the Switch online service or in other ways, it says. Mm. Nintendo Life has tried out this mode in the Switch online version of the game and can confirm it works. What do you think of this discovery? Leave a comment down below. I won't. What do you think, Peter? What do you think of this discovery, Peter? Uh, I've left a comment that says, uh, wow. Random. 28 (laughs) years later, amazing. That's a good comment. (laughs) That's a good comment. I'd like it. That's a quality comment. How on earth did this not... Why did none of the developers speak about Surely, this? Surely, like this That's is a, would have been a really good thing to put out there into the into the playground rumor mill, like in you know about twenty seven years ago. Nothing in Nintendo Power. No. Oh, by the way, there's something people have never. Do you? What's going oh my on? My God. Uh, He's so aggressive. So sorry. Just the Slack group chat saying, "Oh, it's warm, isn't it? Do you want to go to well, Tesco? Get back to work. Tesco." 
It might be the Tesco. Completely no, it's Tesco too early for Tesco. Early. Oh, it is. It's, yeah. If someone asks, unless you're Jack Atkins, who yeah. goes at about eleven a.m. If it's mm. eleven a.m. and someone asks if people want to go Tesco, there is riot in the group chat. Something yeah. wrong. How dare you? Um, yeah, what was I saying? Can't even remember. Why did uh, no one mention it? Before? Why did no one mention it? Why did, no? Oh, there's uh, something that people have never no found, found in there. You no. know, because they did that with Near Automata. Like, oh, there's one secret nobody's ever found, and that that released in like 2017. Do you remember when Notch did that for Minecraft? He did said he? there's something that only happens like one in a million times or something, and people were looking for it, and it. Had, happened in front of people's eyes and they'd never noticed but instead of minecraft on the front screen it said mince raft <laughs> but only like Great. one in i don't know what it was one in a hundred thousand booting ups, ups yeah mm. and people were just not noticing it because it's you know you can't see the wood for the trees and i think people were looking in game for this secret yeah like, what is it He's like no it's, it's just mince raft that's mm. it I could, well i mean that's amazing but also i'm i'm very shocked that no one no one spoke about this sooner. I mean, it's a, it's a very specific thing for someone to stumble upon. Yeah, how did they find that with the, oh, I guess maybe the, the well, like data mining and maybe saw it in the code or something? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. That. it's hard for regular players to find, but it, it, just in terms of the people who worked on the game, they they will have known that this was in here. Yeah, um, surely. I'm kind of shocked that no one's spoken up sooner. How weird. How weird. Weird news. <laughs> weird news. I've got some weird news. Yeah, good. It comes from Eurogamer by Matt Wales. Pac-Ban is getting a live-action movie adaptation. I should add, this was submitted on Twitter by at Old Maid Games. Sorry, I forgot. Sounded a bit like you said Pac-Ban. Pac-Man <laughs> is getting you. a live-action movie adaptation. Wow. And then the subheading is The Maze Runner. Good. Oh, I yeah. see. Get I get it? it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Hollywood's hunger for video game adaptations still seemingly insatiable, it's now Bandai Namco's turn to get in on the action, shunting Pac-Man. Argu arguing game arguingly is that supposed to be but they've missed it out arguingly games most iconic gaming's most iconic mascot onto the big arguingly. screen arguingly surely they well, it says arguing gaming's most it says arguing games yeah, most iconic they messed that up but i think it's mascot. arguably arguably oh yeah oh, right. that's what i was thinking of but oh. i was like this yeah, word doesn't weird, make that's sense written. Like arguably that. gaming's most iconic mascot yes onto this is terribly written this is like this like, Matt. Matt. Onto the the big screen in a oh. live action movie adaptation. What website is this? Eurogamer. Eurogamer. Come on, the standards are pretty high around there. That's according to the Hollywood Reporter. The which, the Hollywood Reporter, the, the, which says Bandai Namco is teaming up with Wayfarer Studios, the company behind Disney Plus's biopic Clouds, to bring back Pac-Man to bring Pac-Man to cinemas. <laughs> Details are... Arguing the best medium <laughs> of all time. Details are limited right now, but the movie is said to be based on the original idea by Ch Chuck Williams, who will produce alongside Tim Kwok on behalf of Lightbeam Entertainment. If the name seems familiar, Williams is previous, previously served as a producer on 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog adaptation. Oh. And like that film, Pac-Man will for forego all... And all... Oh. Pac-Man will forego an all-CGI production in favour of the live-action route. Oh, no. Hopefully, the fact that Pac-Man is a big yellow circle will limit the chances of, the chances of his movie design going drastically wrong. Teeth. Does How are we going to get into the emotional story of Pac-Man? Well, it'll be Pac it won't be the 2D, like... Pie Pac-Man. It'll be Pac-Man World 3D Pac-Man with little and boxing arms. gloves. Right. Yeah, okay. I assume. This isn't Pac-Man's first dalliance with Hollywood, of course, as well as starring in two short live animated 
short-lived animated series over the years, one of <clears throat> in the 80s and one in 2013, the arcade pill popper made a cameo in 2012's Wreck-It Ralph and more recently was turned into a marauding alien invader in as part of Adam Sandler's crushingly Pixels. awful movie Pixels. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. I've never I seen that movie. That. I would like to see it. I've yeah. seen it. It's rubbish. We yeah. It. It's really good though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Presumably, this latest journey to the big screen is part of Bandai Namco's previously announced push to form a £96 million interconnected IP metaverse. Brilliant. The end. Oh, what a story. Yeah. Thank you, Ashton. Thank That's you, Ashton. Okay. No problem. Thank you, Eurogamer. Thank you, Eurogamer. My weird news was actually last week's weird news, and I'd like to thank the few people who posted it uh, then, but I only stumbled across it this week. Uh, this is from Kotaku and Zach Zweizen. Blatant God of War knockoff being sold on Xbox Store. It's now been taken down, I believe. Okay. Um, God of War Ragnarok is one of the most anticipated games of 2022, and as people around the world hyped, as the kids say but it's only coming to PlayStation consoles. Well, don't worry, Xbox players. Someone has spent at least 20 minutes developing an Xbox version of God of War, except it uh, sucks, looks terrible, and is likely unauthorized by Sony. Likely. Uh, likely, you never know. Uh, as spotted by Eurogamer, there's a new and fairly cheap action game available on Xbox that seems to star Kratos. The game has the not-at-all-clunky title of, and this is my favorite thing about yeah, it's it. Yeah, really good. War Gods, <laughs> Zeus of Child. <laughs> wow. War I saw gods, something on Zeus Twitter the other day that might have been this. I don't remember what the text said, but it was like a really weird looking Kratos uh, that yeah. could well have been. It's like the Fortnite skin this. Kratos. Yeah, it's bizarre. yeah. Uh, War Gods, Zeus of, Zeus of Child, yeah. <laughs> and is available for $4.09 in the US. Seems like a deal until you see the game in action. The game has no sound effects or music, limited animations that are easily broken, and there's no real depth to it. It's just waves of the same enemy attacking Kratos over and over as he flails about, killing them and earning a point for each one vanquished. Nearly everything in the game looks to be an asset ripped from somewhere else, including the enemies, which seems seem to be a monster from a Resident Evil game. Also, the title screen for the game has a different name, God of Warning. <laughs> that might be what I saw. Here's the description of the game from its actual store page, which looks worryingly identical to any other game on the Xbox store. War God's Zeus of Child is a great war game. <laughs> Destroy all enemies and creatures with the Zeus War Gods of Challenge. Kill them all with your gun. Launch attacks with various combos. Reach the highest monster kills without dying. Feel the power of the Warning God. Oh, it's got me Brahms. <laughs> so <laughs> really Brahms. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is why I became a bossaroo. Yeah. yeah, this is their peak, but only boss, only real bossaroos know uh, War God Zeus of Child. Will we show uh, Peter the picture that's at the top of the article. Yeah, sure. I think this is the main menu. Yeah. Let me just uh, let me just get a full screen of that bad boy. Here, here he comes. His War Gods uh, Zeus of Child. There he is. Oh my God! No, I don't think that is what I've seen. <laughs> I've seen some other rip off of god of war recently sorry war god sorry war god, Child, god zeus, of, of zeus of child zeus of child zeus of child and that's my weird news um d dreadful. dreadful absolutely dreadful Terrible. Uh, really thank you so much awesome. it's time to move on to question three question three comes from conroy milk who says greetings bap and big congratulations to tiny peter thank you congratulations very much. tiny peter thank, thank you, you. 
Uh, have... Why is it? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Come. You're welcome. Thank you. Come. Congratulations, Thank you, Peter. Uh, have there <laughs> ever been any antagonists in a video game that you didn't want to defeat? Whether this is because you knew doing so would mean they likely wouldn't appear in the series again. You secretly kind of like them, or you could even sympathize with them. Conversely, have... There ever been any bad guys or girls that you just couldn't wait to fight because they they were just that annoying slash evil. As a huge Borderlands fan, I was quite sad when I had to kill Handsome Jack because I knew doing so would mean he likely wouldn't appear again in a prominent role in the series. Thank you for the countless hours of laughs and entertainment you guys have provided over the many years. Much love, Conroy Milk. Thank you, Thanks, Mr. Milk. Conroy. And thank you, Tiny Peter. You're welcome, Ben. Congratulations, Congratulations. Mr. Milk. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Peter, Peter. Yeah. what's your answer to this question? At the time, I didn't necessarily think about the fact that I would never, I, I might never see this character in a video game again. But now in hindsight, I'm always a little bit uh, reluctant to kill Gnasty Gnork in Spyro the Dragon mm. because mm. I wish we'd seen more of him later on in the series. I believe he did come back in one of the really bad post-Insomniac oh games and he looked completely different. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always a bit like, oh no, don't want to kill Nasty. I want to fight him again in Spyro 2 and Spyro 3. Uh, also, in a similar vein, I sometimes felt bad about um, fighting Dr. Neo Cortex, especially in Crash 3, because I kind of felt a bit sorry for him. He just looks... He's so... He's so sad about the fact he's constantly being defeated by a bandicoot <laughs> in shoes. Yeah. Uh, and he talks, I think, on more than one occasion through that, throughout that game that he just has headaches... He oh. just he's just like unwell. Uh, <laughs> he's so stressed. He is, yeah. Uh, so and stress you, migraines. Yeah, and you're like defeating all of his minions, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's happening again!" It's like the <laughs> third time. And then when you finally defeat him, uh, he just says like that he just wants bags of ice for his head. That's like that's oh. his dream now. And he's got a big head. As he's well. got yeah. a big head. Yeah. So I always felt a little bit sorry for him. I can kind of sympathize. Um, in terms of bad guys I was looking forward to fighting, I couldn't really think of like a standout one particularly. I'm sure there must must be many. Um, but maybe I remember uh, going through Kingdom Hearts and you are constantly learning about this guy called Ansem, mm. who is writing reports about the Heartless, who are like the evil force. And he's like studying them and stuff. And then as time goes on, you as you're reading his reports and stuff, you notice that he's like getting corrupted and stuff. And it becomes clear that like, okay, I think this guy's going to be the big bad. Hmm. And then when you finally come into the fight and uh, you're, you're there and like Sora's like, Ansem, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be cool. Like it's been, it, there was like a big build up to this moment and like this character. And then it was a bit like, it wasn't very satisfying in the end. But I remember like before the fight feeling like, oh, it's this guy who I've read about all the way through this game. Um, so that was kind of intriguing as a boss fight, if nothing else. But mm. yeah, I couldn't really think of one where I was like, I really wanted to defeat someone because they were so evil and needed to get their comeuppance. But yeah, I don't know. Ashton? I, have, I think Handsome Jack is a really good answer and probably would have been my answer had it not been in the question. But other ones I thought of were Lady D in Resident Evil 8. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was kind of disappointed at how early on that we lose her because she was like in all the marketing yeah, all yeah. over the place and like a really interesting character. Didn't step on anyone once. Didn't step on anyone one time. No. Um, and I just, yeah, I was really kind of like, oh, I don't want to kill her now. Like I want 
the rest of the to play the rest of the game and her still be there, you know, being mean to me and telling me off and just uh, being just big, being big, and <laughs> you know, that's what I want. Mm. But um, yeah, so I was disappointed that we had to to end her so early. And then also um, Vass in Far Cry 3. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, obviously, he doesn't make it to the end of the game, which was a big shame because I was kind of hoping that I'd like, you know, we'd get to have a big thing and it would be like a real big battle and he could keep being weird and crazy and having a weird, like, he keeps saying things about insanity all the time. Like, I kind of wanted him to just stick around. He but... never told us what the definition in, definition in T of insanity no, no, is. No, he didn't. He didn't snare someone. Um, but yeah, I, but also, he was in the end of one of the DLCs in Far Cry 6. <sighs> yeah, he was. Where he's still alive. But uh, maybe. I don't know if that was real or if it was just like a... But the DLC was but crap. The DLC was, yeah. But I finished him. And uh, he was still there. <laughs> he was still alive. Um, so maybe we will get more of us. But yeah, I was disappointed in that. And an enemy that I actually didn't get the chance to kill, but I would have liked to kill. And he's still, every time I see the the guy who played him in like other things, silence from Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I hate that man with a burning passion. Like every time he comes up on my screen, I'm like, Get away. You were the baddie in the first game. I hate you. But like, he just mugs you off all the time. And then they were like, we've got to team up. And I was like, I don't want to team up. Just kill him. I don't like him. <laughs> He's annoyed me. And now whenever I see the actor, because obviously it's like his face in the game, mm. I'm like, God, I hate that guy. And he's done nothing to me, but he played Silence. I'm not going to give him the opportunity to kill him. And obviously, if they do make a third Horizon, which they have set up at the end of the second one, uh, hopefully... Please give me the opportunity to just, mm, just kill bop him. I hate him just so much. Bop just him bop him one. Maybe they'll so let you bad. do it in VR. Bop Maybe, him. Maybe. But then yeah. it won't. Be, do you play as Aloy in the VR game? No, no it's a different no, So they probably won't give the satisfaction to anyone else, will they? No. But I didn't even get the chance to kill him, which was sad. So I'm sorry. That's yeah. a shame. <sighs> well, you know. I had another answer, but I got so excited, like angry about silence that I forgot to write it down and then forgot. I just thought about it then again and then forgot <laughs> and now it's again. it's gone again. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have one and okay. I'm surprised neither of you mentioned this actually. Uh, this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler for The Last of Us Part 2. Right. I was going to say talk about this, but I just couldn't be asked. Skip ahead literally five minutes if you have not played The Last of Us Part 2 and you don't want to hear the spoiler. Yeah. I'm going to give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. The last boss fight against Abby mm. was horrible. I mm. didn't want to do it. Oh, right, yeah. I thought you were going to say someone you were really looking forward to killing. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, that no, end yeah, bit, because yeah. you've... At that the halfway game, point though, of the, to be fair. Hmm? That whole game, there was like multiple points in that game where I was like, I don't want to do this, no, yeah. but I'm no. being given no choice. Because yeah. you, the player, has knowledge that the character doesn't have. Yeah. And so Ellie is on this sort of almost suicidal drive for revenge. And... Uh, you know, she all she sees is red whenever she comes near Abby. So even though she technically rescues Abby, she's traveled to that place to kill Abby. Yeah. That's the whole purpose for her being there. So she she cuts her down from like that horrible torture place oh, yeah. where she's up like on a beach getting sun dried or whatever. Mm. Um, and then it's just like, right, we've got to fight now. And Abby's like, please, I, please, you've got to stop. And it makes you... It it makes you fight her, and yeah. it's 
awful and I did not want to do it at all. And I've spoken to people who said that they actively didn't just to see what would happen. And it plays a game over screen. Like you, it forces you to fight Abby and it's terrible. Um, I just hated it. That whole thing, that whole last bit was so horrible and harrowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that when you watch a movie and like something, it's just, you kind of have to sit through something that's so horrible to watch. Mm. But no, it's so much worse when you're playing a video game because you've suddenly got this autonomy of like, press square to have a fight. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to fight. Time to yeah. drown this poor person who at the halfway point of the game you think is a villain, but then you play as her for like 10 hours and mm. you sort of see her perspective a little bit and they're yeah. both in the wrong, but like they probably shouldn't be trying to kill each other. Yeah. It's horrible. It's yeah. so horrible. So that is that immediately sprung to mind as, as a as a boss or an antagonist that I really didn't want to fight. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of bosses that I was looking forward to fighting, I couldn't, none truly sprang to mind, but I just wanted to voice my frustrations, particularly in the realm of borderlands and wonderlands mm. where they have a habit of showing you the big bad and m making you like in a cutscene and, and making your character look like a complete chump because you just stand there in first person and watch the baddie do something horrible and it's yeah. like i know i could destroy them right now if you just let me play like they have right. cutscene immunity yeah, yeah and it really takes me out of the experience borderlands 3 was really bad for it like tyrene i know i could have defeated at any point yeah. in that game but in every cutscene that she appears in, you're just you're powerless and you you're stand not even there. that you're not even in the cutscenes. Like the no. characters supposedly stood one meter to the left, just and they're watching like, all this happen, doing that. And it's like, uh, if you let me fight her, I would. Mm. Or games that do that thing where you'll have a fight against them, you will absolutely kick their ass, and then they'll it'll trigger a cutscene. They'll go, oh, you haven't won the war, and they'll hop on yeah. their spaceship and go away, Disappear. while apparently you just stand there and watch them do it. Yeah. And it's like, no, just finish it. Mm. I know that I can. I know that I can kill them right now if you let me kill them right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe Tyrene is one I was looking forward to killing because the game lets you get that close so many times. But it's not even like because some games do it where it's like here's an enemy that when you first encounter them and they do some damage, you could not have done anything about mm. because of like certain situations. There's a moment in Horizon Forbidden West where like I won't spoil it, okay. but you meet a character who you can't do anything about at that time and then it's only at the end when you've like figured out some stuff and talked to bloody silence again <laughs> and you can actually like defeat the character because they've like got something wrong with them you can't do anything about it so that i kind of don't mind but it's when it's just like he's literally sat like this far away yeah. and you're like you're just watching like hmm. let me play mm -hmm. just let me play what a shame that that character died wish i could have done something about it like eh, kratos gets defeated in a cutscene. it's like well hang on just a minute let me play that fight I'll then we'll it. see then yeah. we'll flip and see what happens huh yeah. I'll, i'm the real zeus of sun <laughs> child whatever zeus of child talking about god of war um yeah. i didn't really like the fight that you had to do at the end of God of War, like that whole thing of like mm. knowing who Freya was. And yeah, that was kind of uncomfortable as well. That whole thing, and just set it up nicely that. for that sequel, though. Doesn't I know, it? and I'm hoping that She's I really crossed. don't want to fight her in Ragnarok. So, mm. but I feel like we might end up having to do I so. Think but that might uh, happen. Just yep. make me a bit sad. One boss I was I was happy to I was looking forward to defeating actually I thought of one that really does count is mm. uh, I can't remember his name but uh, the the annoying friend you've got in Bully um, so mm. when you first start at the school there's this sort of little weedy kid 
and then also this kind of sociopathic really horrible guy mm. and they become your little immediate circle of friends and he's just an asshole to you and to the little kid and to like everyone else and you go through the whole thing he's just constantly being a dick and you're just sort of letting him do that and then uh you become king of the school by getting all the cliques to like you and he sort of vanishes uh and then you know that eventually you know he's clearly going to be like the final boss and then when when you confront confront him it's like hell yeah this guy is, has been an actual dick all mm. the way through the game and i can't wait to punch him in the face i'm ready i've remembered the one i forgot yep uh the riddler from i know he's not in arkham asylum mm -hmm. but the more i play arkham asylum and the more he tells me off for solving his puzzles like oh you stupid little gremlin you figured out my puzzle and i'm like well if it's so easy to find then why are you telling me that i'm so stupid and then like the whole game and then people on stream but I've been playing this on stream and everyone in chat keeps saying, oh, the Riddler's my boyfriend. And because they're like, why have you, you hate him so much. It must be my your God, boyfriend. Just kiss and I'm like, no. <laughs> just kiss Riddler. And I hate the Riddler. Like he really annoys me. And every time I've solved one of his puzzles, I'm just waiting for the, oh, so stupid, stupid little Batman. And I'm like, go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. Who gave you this number? Is that how boyfriends work? No, I don't you... think so. Tower must be in your boyfriend. School, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not even your boyfriend. It's like you fancy him. You yeah, fancy he's Riddler. Been to you Riddler. If you're yeah. so yeah. smart, why don't you let me punch you, huh? Yeah. That'll yeah. show you. Right. Idiot. Anyway. It's time to move on to the big discussion. big discussion. Big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion this week. The big discussion comes courtesy of Nikki P, who says, Hello, Bap. What are your thoughts on a new Nintendo console? Since the Wii, they haven't really pushed technologies. Rather, they have leaned on motion control slash 3D slash dual screen slash portable console, singular. <laughs> Do you think they will target a more powerful console and get third-party support that can rival Sony and Microsoft? Or will they continue down their own path? Love your works. Calling it works makes it sound like we're, we're authors. Yeah. yeah. The complete works of Triple Brahms. Jump. Of Brahms. Brahms. <laughs> the complete Brahms. Thank um, you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Just for clarity there. I think you accidentally said, what are your thoughts on the new Nintendo console? So oh, if anyone is Sorry, no, there's no watching, confirmation of a new... some new console. No, that's no. not what I meant. The question is about what will they do or should they do? Mm. Yes. I think they should and will stay in their niche, stay in their lane. Uh, the, they, have, they are intentionally not trying to compete like for like with Sony and Microsoft. I mean, even Sony and Microsoft, you could argue, have sort of their own niches now or, or kind of looking ahead to the future i suspect microsoft will go more and more towards game pass as a as the as the kind of the main part of their business i'm not saying they're not going to make a new console in the next generation necessarily but everyone seems to really be settling into something their own little usp now and i think nintendo have probably been doing that longer than sony and microsoft have um so I mean, in terms of actual technology and, you know, motion controls and dual screen and portable console and all that kind of thing, I don't know necessarily what direction they should go, but I think they're going to continue to just focus on Mario and Zelda and, you know, all the stuff that they've been recycling for years and years to great effect and uh, probably bring out a new console with some kind of interesting quirk to it, you know, the Wii had that. And Maybe the new one will have pedals. Might yeah. do. The Wii had that. The 3DS, you could argue, had its own technological, uh, you know, little USP. Uh, the Switch as well. 
it's the first console that really can be moved around in, in different forms like that. It'd be portable or, or a home system. So I'm sure that they will, whatever they do next, there will be some kind of interesting thing that no one has done before uh, or, or not in a kind of mainstream way. Um, but yeah, I I suspect they will carry on just like staying in their own in their own lane. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think they're going to stray much far from what they know because, I mean, they haven't for a very long time strayed much further than the games that they know will do well. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know what they will do next. I I feel like they've kind of, like the Switch is kind of the ultimate of what they were trying to do. Like obviously they've got the OLED and they could bring out a more powerful Switch with like maybe a bigger screen and stuff. But then it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know if people would want that because it's small and portable enough to like just whack in a bag. The Steam Deck is really big, which is their only kind of like current and it's not on the yeah. same level at all. It's the mm. only kind of similar thing out there at the moment mm. is the Steam Deck. And obviously that hasn't got uh, removable controllers on the side. So that hasn't got the motion controls. But that's a lot bigger than the Switch. And um, I can see that being an issue because it's so much bigger. But then like, I just think that maybe what N Nintendo will do is potentially just streamline what they've got, make it better, make it more high quality, make the screen better. And just kind of make it so that people who, like us, who none of us are really Switch kids. I don't really think anyone in the office is a, a diehard Switch fan. No, James plays on his a fair amount, I think. But mm. uh, no. There's the so. odd game that will entice me to play on the Switch. But I, you know, not enough that I would be like desperate to get the next console that they bring out. Um, but I think maybe what they should potentially do is just look at like branching out of what kind of content is on the Switch and like what kind of thing the games they're producing are. Obviously, there's like hundreds and hundreds of games on the Nintendo Switch store, but a lot of them are a bit weird. Uh, they hit their niche. But yeah, the most it's a good part, place for indie yeah, games. It is a good place for indie yeah. games. But there is definitely a lot that I think that could be done on the Switch that they aren't currently doing. But in terms of the console... I don't know what they'll do next. Like, I don't know where they can go from here that would like make sense for them. But I kind of feel like they've always done that, though. Like I think the Wii kind of came a bit out of nowhere. Like I'm not saying they were the first people to ever come up with motion controls, but I don't mm. think anyone necessarily expected Nintendo to go, bam, motion control console. Yeah. And then the Switch even was a bit of a surprise that like, hey, we've got this thing. It's not just a console. It can do... Or it can do these three things, and that's mm. like, oh, okay. Like I, I wouldn't have predicted that necessarily as a as a piece of technology. So, I think, although yeah. I agree, like I don't know where they will go next. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out something new that like had this strange uh, technological USP that like no one had seen coming. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if they'll they'll give us a home console again and go like yeah. back to what the Wii did and see if they can just do the Wii, but better or they'll stick with the the handheld portable situation and uh go from there maybe going but to vr maybe mm. maybe i've literally written stay in their lane <laughs> yeah. in full caps there's no need to try and compete with playstation or xbox which while they are starting to, to diverge a little bit as you said peter with game pass and stuff uh they are largely very similar systems yeah. doing very similar things and your choice may come down to cost, especially with Game Pass being very good value, or it may just come down to preference. Um, and that's it. 
the last time the Switch did, or Nintendo, sorry, did uh, third-party games really was on the Wii U. But those always had to have additional support for the gamepad, and those didn't go too well. The Wii U didn't go too well. Mm. Um, the Wii, all of their third-party games had to be specifically crafted for it because it was a very different system. DS as well and 3DS, all very different. Uh, they have done so well without seeing those major third-party games on there. They clearly do not need them. Mm. Um, they could make a more powerful console. I would imagine that would be their next goal uh, is to make a more powerful system, obviously, but I don't think it will take a different form necessarily. I think they've really stumbled onto something very special yeah. here. I don't know what they would call it, if it would be the Switch 2, because I don't think they've ever done a direct sequel to a console apart from the nes to the snes that mm. was the most similar naming convention mm. uh but DS they've the 3ds yeah. yes or yes DS, exactly DS Lite. but they've they've or really we you <laughs> all game right. boy to game all right boy. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all played the same games but that's not my point anyway yeah. uh they've never done a direct sequel that has a i nearly swore a, a number a number on the end no. um so i think they will I think they really have, as you said, Ashton, they've hit upon their their ultimate form here. I don't think they can now step back and say, you know that Switch that's really good and you can play as a home console or on the go? Mm. Um, we would also, we would like you to buy two systems again now, please. We'd like you to buy a home console and we'd like you to buy a portable console. Yeah. I think this is a perfect space for them and they need to stay in this lane mm. they don't need third-party support they can't really go back to a dedicated home system and a ded dedicated handheld because i think that would be a bad look unless they did three um skews skews of the uh, of their next system which was a dedicated home one which is more powerful and looks nicer on a television a dedicated handheld version which is cheaper uh, but cannot be used at home and a hybrid version mm. which is sort of a mixture of the both yeah uh, the two they could do that but that would be expensive to release three very different systems that yeah. largely do the same thing and also would require developers to produce essentially three different versions of the same game uh so all that is to say that the Switch is absolutely flying. It is roughly on 111 million units sold so far, which puts it the, as the third best-selling home console of all time behind the PS4, which has 117 million. The Switch is going to pass that for sure. It's definitely going to do it. When was the Switch released? Like uh, 2016 or 17? Mm. It came out when we were at What Culture. Yeah. It might have been 2017. Uh, so it's not been that long. It's definitely got a few years left in it if they want that. Um, and that's not to say that they might do some sort of interstitial Switch Pro that's been rumored yeah, well, for a long time. Yeah, because we've obviously got the Switch Lite, which was like the cheaper version, and obviously the OLED Switch. Mm -hmm. But I think that whatever they do next, like in terms of they make that handheld, it's going to have to be like really good. Like yeah. they're going to have to make a lot of changes, make a lot of adjustments and bring it up to like the next level because for a lot of people they'll be like, well, why would I bother buying a new one when my Switch still works just as fine and the screen looks the same. Like the OLED, I really don't think that like like anyone would need to buy the OLED. Mm. There was nothing about it that was like you must buy this. Mm. Yeah. But I think that like eventually obviously the Switch will become if you've had a Switch that you bought in 2017, eventually you're going to have to buy a new one. Mm -hmm. But whether the next one people will make the jump, they'll have. I think they'll have to bridge like that gap in terms of like what it can do. Because I think yeah. a lot of people were skeptical about the PS5 and how much different it could be given like the technology that we were we had at the moment. 
And a lot of people still haven't bought a PS5 because either they can't get one or they still don't see any need to. Mm. So I think it would have to make that jump be like significant enough that the average Switch player, which is a very different person, I think, than the average PlayStation or Xbox player, would want to make that jump over to the new one. When so. is Labo 2 coming out? That's, what That's yeah, me too. Labo Pro. I mm. want I want Labo 2. Um, I just hope that whatever they follow this up with, assuming it's in the same vein, they just name it something normal. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt to just put a two on the end. Switch two. You know, don't, don't like the switch or something, the switch <laughs> you just stop. Just like, just, just make it surely, surely they must learn from the Wii U, which part of the problem was that it was horribly marketed mm. because that name was so hard for average people to understand. Yeah. Average consumers, like, what is the Wii U? Is that the Wii? What is the what does the U mean? Yeah. What is that? Um, just call it something sensible. That's all. Mm. It could also, I think, almost no effort. They could do this now with the Switch if they wanted. Cater better to it being some sort of home media platform. Put more media apps on it. Put Netflix on it. YouTube, Disney Plus. Let people stream stuff on it. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why that's not on there. That may PS Five is still a bit lacking on on apps. I would say some of them don't even support 4K either, which is yeah. crap. Um, I remember booting up YouTube on my Xbox and thinking, "Wow, it looks amazing. <laughs> why does it look so crap on my PS Five? Um, but yeah, I think there's there's things they could change about the Switch right now that would be that would qualify as being a really good change. But if they wanted to mm. wait until the next console, anyway, I don't think they should compete with Xbox and Microsoft, no. uh, Xbox and uh, PlayStation. There's no point. There's just no need for it. Um, they're doing fantastically. They're going to take that number two slot uh, from the PS4 very soon mm -hmm. in terms of best-selling consoles. Yeah. Don't think they'll get to the PS2 because that is that's like 40 million away. I don't think there's that many more Switches to be sold. But uh, no. still. There are our thoughts. Let us know what you think in the comments below, my bossaroos. Bossaroos. Um, Peter is going to tell you where on the internet you can find us if you want to get involved. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. It's where all of our content goes out, our live streams, our videos. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you get a Twitch sub with that, so you can spend that on us if you like. Uh, when we are streaming on both Twitch and YouTube, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Trailing Badger, and Mr. Black. So... If they tell you to do something, Ashton. Bloody well do it. Bloody well do it. Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Head over there for video and live stream announcements, video content like legacy video content. Uh, Facebook Lives, I think, uh, might now be possible oh again. God. Hello. It's Hello. a toilet seat. Uh, Fraser looks after our Twitter and our Facebook. Uh, I was just about to say something about Twitter and Facebook as well, but I've, it's immediately gone out of my head because of the toilet noise that happened through the wall. TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump. You can go there for our TikTok where we do TikToks. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Loads of uh, rewards available over on Patreon. Um, you can see videos early. You can get access to the super secret extra podcast mm. um, and loads of other things too. So go check those out if i remember what i was going to say about twitter and facebook i'll tell you but if not i won't so cool we have a website it's triple juu.mp triple map it spells jump isn't that clever if you want to join our discord and hang out with our wonderful community why not go to triple map forward slash discord on discord we're modded by jack joe tori and hollow eyes and if they're trying to do something bloody will do it 
If you're listening to the podcast in its audio forms, why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash podcast. If you want to catch up on any of the VODs that you've missed this week, why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash VODs and check up on the streams. If you want a cameo from any of us, why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash cameo. Me, Ben and Peter and James Jenkins are on cameo if you fancy one. Um, if you want to buy some merch, why not go to triplejumpshop.com. Com. You can buy some cool merch. I think the hoodies are still available. These hoodies. I think this might still be on there. Yeah, the this track jacket. jacket's available as yeah. well. So there's still stuff on there for you guys to have a look at. And if you want to find out when the new merch comes out, why not go to at Triple Jump Shop on Twitter. And lastly, if you want to donate to the Trevor Project in order in the name of charity, it's triplej.mup forward slash charity. It certainly is. Uh, why not follow uh, Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it. On YouTube. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. And shows, Ashton's updated it now. All the bloody time. All the bloody time, it says. So come, come check out the channel if you haven't already. There's loads of stuff going on. Uh, why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Thank you, everyone. This is the weirdest games ever week, isn't it? Yeah. Cargo. Was there a the, subheading? A quest for gravity. A quest for gravity. It's yeah. very good. It's a good episode. It's extremely yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Very weird. Uh, so come check that out. Uh, additionally, there was the Quipscope for Two Point Campus. This were, That would have appeared on this podcast feed if you're listening to the audio version of this. But additionally, it's on the channel now if you want to see some gameplay too. Yes. We don't know for sure because James Jenkins is currently working on it. But Starfield, we've made a video about that, sort of examining the bold claims of Todd Howard. A thousand planets, Todd. Are you mental? Too how big. How big is too big? A thousand planets. When it comes to when it comes to open world video games, James, uh, having uh, read through his script, has he's got a spreadsheet where he's put together all of the biggest map sizes oh, yeah. versus critical consensus, oh. and he's mathematically worked out wow. how big is too big. So it's not just about Starfield. <laughs> there is an exact answer. It's a general conversation with science uh, about how big open world games are and if there is a too big, if there's wow. a point where where it's like that's too much. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be ready because James is juggling that and Worst Games Ever edits uh, and I believe he's still aiming for a, at the time of recording, Friday release, but if you don't see it this week, you will see it next week. Mm. Uh, should be with you very soon. Oh, what, else, what else we got? Uh, of course, Philip. We love you, Philip. Uh, as Ashton said, tripleju.mp forward slash charity. We're raising money for Philip all of this week. Uh, donate if you can and look after yourselves out there. There will be some helplines in the pinned comment underneath this video. Um, Not a good time to sneeze. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I thought you were going to suddenly go and make sure that yeah. you talk to your friends oh. and family if you need to. Bless no, you. Thank you. Um, finally, <laughs> once again, Peter, what is the sponsor this week? The sponsor this week is, as Ben just said, it's the Trevor Project. It's our fundraiser. We're not officially sponsored by the Trevor no, Project, no, we no, should we're say. Not. No, we're no. not. It's just in the slot. Uh, but yes, uh, tripleju.mp forward slash charity uh, in memory of Philip J. Reed. Fantastic. Thank you so much for watching, everybody, uh, and listening. And more so than ever, look after yourselves. Mm. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Love you, bye. Bye-bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.